Uncorked. This is Shanice, and guess what? Hopefully no more shitty audio. We have a real mic. I know. Hopefully this is good. It's a learning curve, you guys. Bear with us. Yeah, I mean, we didn't want to invest a lot of money if nobody was going to listen to us. True. So how do you pronounce the place that we're at? I have no idea. I have heard it as Closeline, and I have heard it as Closelen. Okay. So... The lady that answered the phone at the gate had what I think is an accent, and it well, sounded beautiful when she said it, and I'm really disappointed that I'm <laughs> never going to be able that to say that. That was not an accident. That was, accent? No, that was really weird. I hope that, wasn't, <laughs> I hope that was an accident. <laughs> it was. It was like a high-fitched English yeah. tilt, and so, it didn't work out. But. Anyways, I have I've had their wine. I don't remember where, but... um. I've never I, had the wine. We call it being good, but I've never been here, and it's so cute. I've never been here either. They used to be over in Tin City. Um, I don't know if they are still oh. having a tasting. I don't think they still have a tasting in there. But, yeah, they used to be over in Tin City. Um, but now you pull up, I'm assuming, to the estate, and then it tells you um, there's, like, signs going to the tasting room. There's also a shack essentially okay. it's like a really cute little shack. it is it's I'm, not a shack it's I'm not a shack but it's really, tiny really want it i don't think it's the tasting room i want room. this tiny house to be the tasting room so bad you yeah. guys Anyways, i don't think it is it's beautiful it is by appointment only yes for sure yeah um and be prompt oh yes. the experience though with booking the appointment is very nice so they have a website and you can go in and book a couple of different options they have like tasting they have i think like guided tours um and you book how many people are going to be there and then they send you a couple like reminder emails and they also do like a pre-visit like survey so they ask you if you've ever heard of them why you're coming out um, yeah. if you're celebrating a special occasion. That was, I've done a lot of wine tasting with and without reservations, and that's the first time I've ever experienced that, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So, we're going to go taste some wine, and then we will let you know how it is. So, yeah. we'll see you after. Okay, bye. That's the name of his wife. Her name is Solen. Oh. Um, but yeah, I can tell you the story when, whenever we are on. Yeah, um, go for it. But uh, no, what I was going to say is like what we focus here is in mostly private tasting. As you saw a little bit. So we don't take very much group at the same time. So each attendant see a group for like one hour uh, and a half per attendant. So mm-hmm. on a busy Saturday, I have a maximum of four people here. So we only see four group every hour and a half. So okay. we try not to schedule them at the same time. We really want to kind of fill this whole private tasting vibe yeah. you know we have the staff that sat down with the guests really go deep into the wine we do sometimes a little bit of vineyard tour and we propose different type of experiences so cool yeah awesome. but yeah so let me grab some water and some bread and then let's get started thank, awesome. you. thank you yeah of course it's pretty it's beautiful i kind of want i wish this was a restaurant i know it's so it's so homey it is I love this table. I kind of want know. it in my house. I like these chairs. I do too. They're so nice and sturdy. Hmm. <laughs> Ideas. Yeah. Oh, look, it has our name. Ooh, nice touch. Snazzy. I cannot say any of these except La, La Rose. Well, I don't even think it's Rose because there's no accent. I know. But I also might be a La Rose. That's easier for me, so I'll go with that. Fleur de Salon. Harmony. There's two harmonies. Homage à nos pères. Oh, oh, oh. I'm just going to stop trying 
Yes. I really like it when they don't have prices, because that's how I know I'm going to like them all. Oh, <laughs> goody. Oh, I'm not even going to look at that. Oh, actually, that's not as bad as I was expecting. Well, that's about what I expected. Prices, like, the rosé is 42 and then it looks like they go into reds at 70 Mm-hmm. Ooh, members only. I hate it when they let you taste in members only. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it, but I hate it. Yeah. Man, I'm going to tell Kurt to start a winery and name it after me. So, yeah, so Clos So, owners, Liam and Solène, which you have a picture of them in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cute. Yeah, they're both French. Uh, Guillaume grew up in the Languedoc of France, and then Solène is from Bordeaux. Okay. And so what is interesting about Guillaume, too, he is the sixth generation of winemaker in his family. Oh, wow. So they've been making wine since 1650. Oh, that's wow. That's amazing. Yeah. What so full heritage. So first in America, uh, he came here in 2004 because he got an internship at another French winery in the area called Aventure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so uh, Stéphane, who we met a year prior, uh, offered him the, uh, an internship. And then at the end of his internship, he got the job as Aston winemaker. So oh, he made wine like at Aventure for, for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, with We're Stéphane. so screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you know, his intention, of course, was to one day create his own winery here in California. So the first vintage was in 2007, and we started with one barrel. It's so very small. Uh, and then Guillaume and Solène were hosting, they, um, yeah, they tasting at their house. And so the reason why it's called Close Solène is because it was a tribute to her, you know, when he decided to move here, she had to quit all of her dreams and, you know, ah, quit her yes. family. So it was a way of paying tribute to her to offer her the new world at Close Atlanta Estate. Yeah. That's so sweet. Uh, but yeah, so first tasting room was in Tin City. Uh, we were there in 2014. Like, were you guys, did you share a parking lot with Esperada? Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Yeah, this right over next to Aaron. So we used to share our production facility with Aaron. And then it's in 2017 that he purchased this estate. So now it's been a full year and a half that we have opened and host our tasting room here. Okay. So were you still in Tin City last year? Or did, once they started doing tastings out here, did you stop having the space in Tin City? So we stopped. Um, well, I got hired actually when we when they were ready to open this estate. So okay. I did the move and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we stopped completely because okay. now it's actually a new brand called Binom. Okay. And so it's also Guillaume, our owner, who makes the wine, and it's a partnership of his brother, Arnaud, oh. who is also French. His brother works full-time at Love, and he's actually married to Stéphane's daughter at Love and <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know, the French affair. Right. <laughs> I mean, right there. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> but you know, him and Guillaume, you know, his brother living here, they really decided to create their own side brand, and so right now it is in Tin City. So completely okay. different. Then cool. close to land, different style of wine, but still winemaker, yeah. Yeah, very neat. Cool. Yeah, I think when we went and tasted Desperada, they yeah. were there, and we were like, oh, we should go there. And then it, now, what, five years later, we finally made it, right? Yeah. <laughs> now here we are. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, no, so uh, this estate, it was a, an, a, um, a property called Pipestone before. And so Pipestone, they were known for their organic laboring. So this is why a rose right here are a little bit more wider than usual oh. because they had the horses that would do the back and forth. Okay. Wow. Um, so that's not what Guillaume was truly looking for, of course, but what really caught his eye on that vineyard was the rootstock. Because the rootstock are 20 years old and they get almost 20 feet deep into wow. the soil wow. to get the water. Yeah. Wow. But what we decided to do was to regraft them. So you both familiar with the whole regrafting mm-hmm. process of a vine? Perfect. So 
we radiographed them all one by one uh, and then in one year the rootstock gave it so much power that we harvested our first fruit wow. so not all of it we basically you know looked at the be best berries from the best cl clusters not enough to make a whole wine but just enough to incorporate here and there so that was our first project on the property uh, then all the vineyards that you saw up front, those are only rootstock. So we planted that in June and we're doing it a little different way because we are actually not planting the vines directly, but we're starting with the rootstock. And we're going to wait two years that the rootstock fully mature until we incorporate the grafting. So the reason why we decided to do that is because, uh, you know, like when you plant a vine, it's grafted from the nursery. But the rootstock focuses on two things, itself to grow, but also on the varietal. And Guillaume believed that if we plant the rootstock first, it really get and give it enough time to grow strong into he's ready to focus on something else. Um, and then that was the next project after harvest. But as you know, we had so many rain, which is yeah. good, <laughs> but it keeps getting delayed. But the hillside is what we're going to plant next. Oh, okay. Um, and then we have another forest, a uh, little forest right here. And then on the top of that forest is another hill and all that is going to be planted too. So eventually, cool. yeah, we all planted. It's like a big rectangle. Yeah. That's so while you wait to have like enough fruit come from the estate, where does the source grapes from? So right now we focus mostly on the Willow Creek AVA. Okay. So because you know it's one of the coolest appellation of Paso, and a lot of beautiful fruit comes from here. Uh, so we source from a lot of different vineyards. We have some really good contracts like James Berry. Uh, we also source from some popular vineyards like Glen Rose G2 Catapult, that's owned by Epic and the Willow Creek AVA. Um, and among many others. Um, and then for the cab, we really like the Adelaida district because mm -hmm. Adelaida has a lot of calcareous, uh, clay, but also the cab grows really well there. Uh, and then we do some cooler climate um, grapes. So we do a cooler climate Syrah, a Chardonnay, and a Pinot that are our members' wine. Uh, and those we source from Bianesito. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so we do a, a total of 11 wines a year total. Uh, and 70% of members only, yeah. um, because we don't make enough, you know, for the amount of club that we're getting, that's only we have to make them members only. Um, and then those what you're going to try are flagships, you know, beautiful wines. It's just that we do a higher case production, I mean, 300 cases, it's not a lot, <laughs> uh, in order to have a tasting room fully functioning too. Cool. Awesome. awesome. Great. Very neat. So we are going to start with a rosé. So it's 2018, so fresh from harvest. It's a hundred percent press. So we didn't do any senior this year. It's actually the first year that we went hundred percent press. So it's a blend of Grenache, Sanso, Mouvedre, and Syrah, and all of those grapes got co-fermented with each other. Okay. Uh, and as you can see, yeah, the color is just extremely pale mm -hmm. because it didn't have any skin contacts. Okay. And so the reason why we decided not to do any skin contact is because the skin, you know, bring power, bring flavor, brings tannin. And we truly wanted to make a provincial style of rosé. So we play with the softness, the high acid factors, and the refreshness of it. Plus when it's like really a pale rosé, it just feels fancier, you know? <laughs> like I don't know what, like if it's too pink, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, it just looks sweet. Yeah. Where, like, where the paler it is, like La Ventures is always a beautiful color mm -hmm, too. Mm -hmm. And it's just something about that makes me feel better about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's because, I mean, the idea of rosé, like in French, is always that you pale, so I guess it's maybe Ooh, the idea delicious. you get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Nice acidity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That is really good. <laughs>
do you customize the tasting menu? So I noticed we both really liked the little pre uh, tasting appointment survey mm-hmm. and I noticed that you know you asked like what do you typically purchase like what's your price range mm-hmm. so do you custom like if people say like I usually buy wines that are under $25 clearly there's no wines that are $25 on this tasting menu do you customize it based on that or is it just to give you some like <laughs> do you tell them there's this great place down the street <laughs> <laughs> we might not be the best fit for you no it's it's just a great way to kind of get people's idea a little bit of what they're looking for yeah. and you know maybe if they price point or under $25, then, you know, I've tried to promote the rosé that's, you know, what's still not 25 it's 42 yeah. but, you know, and also sometimes people just fill this out, but then, you know, doesn't matter how much I spend, what really matters is the experience they're going to get. So we tried to give the best experience regardless of if they spend more yeah. than 50 or not. Mm-hmm. And it did happen quite a bit that you have those people that say less than 25 well, and then they end up joining the club. Yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. like it's like, oh, well, on average, yeah. like my wine that I just pull out to drink any time might be 25 and under. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to buy yes. like a fancy bottle for yeah. a special occasion or some, you know. It, yeah. No, exactly. You know, those At least are not that's what the... I tell myself when I'm buying a bunch of wine. Mm-hmm. It's a special occasion wine. <laughs> no, it's exactly true. And you know, for us, for example, you know, th- this kind of wine is not something that you pop on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. So you will need your twenty-five dollars bottle of wine that you drink on a Tuesday, and then you can join a club for your really special yeah. wine yeah. that you're going to lay down. So, yeah. So is your wine only available to purchase from the? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we distribute very, very little. We're really cutting off. Uh, the most places you will find a wine are restaurants, uh, you know, that we have worked on for in the past, like El Cortile and Paso, of course, you have a wonderful relationship with them, so they get our wine, but we just don't make enough. Yeah. So now the majority of the wines, actually all of them are purchased in the tasting room. You could only purchase a wine on the website if you're a member. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so the members' wines, I mean, I don't have them. So I'm not really customizing according yeah. to, hey, you guys are coming, you know, members. You're not withholding it from us? Yeah, <laughs> I actually have a members' wine on you there. Uh, the members' wine usually is sold out, and some of them sold out within a week or so. So uh, they're just very small, handcrafted yeah. batch that being a member, you do get the exclusivity of getting those. So. Yeah, very neat. This is delicious. It's so good. So good. <laughs> this is like, I feel very refined. Really nice. Thank you. Well, let me go grab the red. I feel like my rose palette has changed as time has gone on here because I feel like Paso in the last five to seven years mm-hmm. has like seriously upped its rose game. Yeah. And I feel like it, it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. I think sometimes though, I think rose and Paso in the past has like gotten too um, like ripe. Yeah. You know? so no, I agree. I totally agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like more or the more wine it's getting like more they're trying refined. to get to yeah, they're trying yeah. to get to the lighter stuff. So the next one I'm pouring is the Florisolen. So that's uh, primarily of a composed of Syrah, and then we have some Grenache and Cabernet Sauvignon, and the Cabernet Sauvignon we ferment in concrete. Oh. Um, so we don't do very much concrete here. We only own two concrete vessels. And they both got imported from Italy. And one of them we use specifically to ferment this cab for this particular wine. Uh, and the reason for that is because the concrete really helps to promote the minerality upon fermentation, but also changes the tannin structure. Um, but here we have a fermentation method that's pretty unique, is because we barrel ferment everything. 
Um, so barrel fermentation is not really something that you see because uh, if you think about it, you cannot fit a lot of wine in a barrel versus yeah. a tank or concrete. But you truly don't have manually access to change the temperature. And you know wine through the fermentation process has to drastically change temperature depending on its stage. Um, so the way we're able to do that here, we have two rooms during harvest. One room that we heat at 90 degrees and one oh, room wow. that we keep at 55. And we constantly rotate the barrel from hot to cold. And we have done this process sometimes 10 times a week. Oh wow. man, that um, is labor. Yes, <laughs> extremely labor. Or enter and only come once, they don't come back. Uh, <laughs> they don't like it. Uh, no, but so but Guillaume really believes that fermenting in barrel really increases the aromatics. But it truly helps to soften the wine from the base. The style of wine that he's looking to promote, a wine that have a little bit more fineness and not as big as they could be sometimes here in this area too. So. I want to be French so bad right now. Like I want to say these words as well as you do. <laughs> it doesn't sound that pretty when I say it. It's really upsetting. Well, I, when I speak French, it doesn't sound pretty to French people. So, you know, like there's that. Well, in America, it's great. <laughs> That's why I moved here. So I'm unique, right? <laughs> Like it doesn't stop mm-hmm but it's super well balanced you know sometimes like cab can be like the tannin is so overwhelming yeah especially in something so young yeah do you guys like have like do you recommend how long to lay away yeah well it really depends um you know each years have a different aging window so it depends years by years 16 was overall pretty tonic here for this area so you get a lot of harsher tannins younger but those will have a you know longer window of course because they will yeah. age beautifully um and then for instance right now we are beginning right to build the 17 and 17 is extremely food forward as a young age and that's because we got hit by a heat wave during the harvest process so a lot of the fruit got a little bit burned or exposed to more sun than it usually does so we recommend more like a five years drinking window. Um, then it depends on how you like your wine. For me, it's just wine, aging wine is something that's so personal because, you know, some people don't know how old wine tastes like. So they yeah. get like, they like the fresh, they like the big, they like the bold. So in that case, you know, drink them in five years. Uh, if you like the mustiness, the softness, the leathery, then go ahead and age it after five to 10 years. Yeah. I just really wish wine came with like a Best Buy stamp. You know, like Best Buy 2025, like food from yeah. the grocery store. Because like, I like both, but I never know, like when, when is it time? So last weekend at the dinner preview party, uh-huh. the, that was like a question, like pretty much every, it was really cool how they did it. So the winemaker leads you through the tasting of the current um, uh, releases. And then everybody like asks usually like, what's the, what would you recommend for aging this mm-hmm. wine? Um, so yeah, hey, I'm surprised, what did he say? So, well, he had, he, you know, they had, like, Mother of Exiles, yeah. um, and then they had, they did 100% Zinfandel, I uh-huh. think it was, no, it wasn't 100%, they did a Zinfandel with a touch of Tempranillo mm-hmm. in it, and so he was like, I normally don't really, like, age my Zinfandel, but mm-hmm. since it had the Tempranillo in it, he's like, it might, like, hold well for, like, about five years, mm-hmm. he's like, but I wouldn't go past that, yeah. and so each one was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's all well personal you know I used to work at dinner before mm. and I had a somebody one day that, that brought a really old wine of ditch digger it's 2005 and it just keep telling me like 
hey, uh, this wine is tastes bad. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, this is how old wine tastes like. And, yeah. you know, and some people don't know those because they don't get, you know, they don't have wine to age, especially, you know, when you're younger, it's harder for our generation to buy wines and to lay it down because, you know, in the 80s, you could have yeah. bought a case of for a child for, like, you know, 800 bucks. Now you don't have that. So yeah. it's really harder and harder to collect wine. So. I know we need to start that for Axel. I did it for Hannah. I got her a bottle of Waventure every year. And then Kurt and I put, like, we got these locks that go over it because I know her parents. Mm-hmm. And we lock it mm-hmm. so that when she's old enough, she's going to have, like, a great Are they collection. storing it right? They better be. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, that's, we should do that for Axel, like, every what year. What if he's not into wine? Then we are going to have one hell of a wine <laughs> collection. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get another wine fridge and lock it. Right? I know. Yeah. yeah. It's true. So let me get the next wine for you. I'm going to have a bite of this bread because it looks delicious. It does. Ooh. Do oh, we yeah. need this, like, closer to her to pick up more? Or is this mm. one, like, better than the other the, one? This one's better. Okay. And then, like, you can see the balance oh, okay. there that's so cool. when she's talking i can see that like it's still hitting up Whoa, it's good. you're j- now you're crunching in the hey guys let me talk with my mouth right now <laughs> i like that all the bread shoes are connected here <laughs> right so as you saw on the list we have two of the same wine and so this is also the reason why I added two glasses, because it's always fun to do comparisons. Mm-hmm. So you have the 2015 Harmony and the 2016. So you can kind of compare the years and see the difference, you know, in aging profile, for example. Mm-hmm. So first, a little bit about the Harmony. So the Harmony is uh, a GSM blend. So Paso is really known for the GSMs. But f- it's mostly a Grenache wine. I think Guillaume adds a little Mouverdre, a little Syrah, in order to bring color and structure. But he truly wants to focus on the Grenache grape, uh, which is a great expression of Paso uh, terroir because you get a lot of fruit characteristic coming from Grenache. However, I believe his French roots are also appearing in this wine because a little peppery characteristic is going to be noticed. Mm. And the peppers, that's something that you see mostly in like Chateau du Pape or Gigondas versus here because we see there's a little bit more heat here. Um, so it's a big comparison. I think it's kind of the best of both worlds like that, to compare it. Cool. So I'm going to point the left, the 15, and then on the right, the 16. Kurt really likes it when he can have, like for him, he likes like when you go to Halter and they do, well, if you ask him to, and they do every wine in its own glass, mm-hmm. he loves that because then he can like, taste it and then set it down and then taste another one and he gets really, Jump all in, over. He gets really into it. <laughs> He's like, now I want to go back to the resort. He'd probably love um, this the one that we bought the case at with Stacy. The corner of Vineyard. Oh, Lene Coletto. Yes, he would love it there because mm-hmm. they usually do that. Or at least they did the first time we went. Mm-hmm. They didn't last time. They didn't last Maybe time. Maybe because we had too many people. Probably. I really, really love that you can like hear kids playing outside right now. I yeah. think that's awesome. It's very cute. Yeah, they don't only make wine, they make kids do. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but they're not the one that. gets the other. <laughs> yeah, each. At least in my experience. <laughs> yeah, well, they live on the property, you know, like a true family owned vineyard. Yeah, uh, I and, think that's awesome. And each kid have a wine name after them. Oh, uh, yeah, so Clementine is the oldest, she's nine, and you do have a picture of the whole little troop right here. 
Uh, so Clementine is their oldest and she is nine years old and he made a dessert wine after her, Aww. a red dessert wine, so Cute. inspired by Bagnols and Languedoc. And then Jean is six years old and he has a cool climate Syrah from Bienestilo called the Cuvée Jean. And then Juliette was born in 2017, so that year he actually made a sparkling wine. It's not yet released. Oh. We did it the Champenoise method, so we added yeast in the bottle and slowly rotated them. So it's going to have very thin bubbles. Oh man. Yeah. When so. is that going to be ready? Do we have to be a member for that? Yes. Because you might have just sold us. Yes, yes. Uh, I need a pen. I need a pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rose, uh, sparkling. It's uh, composed of uh, Pinot and Chardonnay from both Bienestilo vineyards. Oh my I Like, I'm done. I gotta. <laughs> my husband's going to kill me. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Thank you. I'm excited to see if like sparklings from this area can get better. Because right yeah. now, there's really none that I think are particularly delicious. So the one I really like is the Volet and Mac Pricemeyer. Every They do a sparkling together, they go a partnership. Um, okay. Every, they release it usually in the, yeah, and the, and the, and during the Christmas season. Holiday time. When Holiday everybody season. wants champagne. Exactly. And time. it's actually pretty decent. I thought it was okay. great, great acidity. But Good to know. You do have to source for somewhere else. You know, I think they probably source either for Santa Rita Hills or somewhere that grows yeah. Pinot and Chardonnay really well because here it could be challenging, you know, yeah. the heat that we get. And if you look at Champagne, Champagne, it's pretty cold. It's very close to Burgundy, so they get the cold. I wish I remembered more of that class we took about the wine regions there because that was really interesting, but like, you know, my retention can be questionable. You should get the wine Bible. And I then should. you can like look at mm-hmm. it has all of the different wines, like even ones you wouldn't think of. I kind of want to go into France when I have those few days in Spain. Drink some wine. Where are you going? Um, we're going into Barcelona. Okay, so you're in Catalonia, so you could from Barcelona. I think it's maybe the closest region you get would be the Languedoc, okay. where Guillaume is from, and I think about three hours you there. That's what I've heard. It's like yeah. a three-hour train ride or something. Yeah, and it's really beautiful, Languedoc. You know, it doesn't get enough gratification because they make beautiful wines but the appellation is not as prestigious you know as Chateau de Pipap is or Bordeaux or Burgundy but great value and amazing okay. wine and good to know thank you yeah of course. that's a really good tip yeah that would be a good one to go yeah I was like, we were just there last year in mm-hmm. Spain so I was like and we're gonna have more time there with my in-laws so need more wine so we need to drink all the wine in France before yeah. I spend weeks with my in-laws. Spain has beautiful wines, though, like a lot, especially the region you're going to, the Pura yeah. in there. I know, I was telling her before, like, I don't know enough about Spanish wine, and then it was, like, last year we were there in mm-hmm. August and September, which mm-hmm. we will be again this year, and it was so hot, I just wanted sangria. Yeah. And white wine. Yeah. And they do grow white wine, I think, down there, too. Um, I think it's closer to Cava. I think Cava is very near um, mm-hmm. the Pure Hat region. But yeah, Pure Hat does amazing wine. They do a lot of Grenache, uh, Cab, Syrah, and then, uh, yeah, just the yeah. price point is lovely too. Yeah. Yeah. I could try and get you a tasting at that winery that Tolosa bought. Oh, yeah, mm. the Perinet one. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Where is it at? It's in Pure Hat. Yeah, I haven't been there. Last time I was there, I planned my entire trip around a restaurant. I might as well plan an entire one around a winery. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're great. The only thing you need to know about Europe is like, don't go on a Saturday, Sunday. They close. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, people like here in America, that's the time Saturday, you go. Saturday, Sunday, yeah. yeah. I think like the days that we're there that we have free time is like Monday mm-hmm. through Thursday mm-hmm. or Wednesday or something, I think. Which one do you like better? Like, I want to keep sipping. I think this is a 16. Mm-hmm. But the, I find the 15 much more interesting. Like, I feel like I have to stop and think about like, ooh, what am I tasting? This is like, and I feel like it's lingering in a nice way. Yeah, so for me, 15 is uh, almost closer to old world style. I think it's a little silkier, softer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fruit is there, but I think the leather is really more predominant. Yeah. Versus the 16, like I mentioned, is a pretty tonic here. It's going to be a little harsher. And then the fruit for a characteristic will appear as well a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're both delicious. I'll drink them both all day. Yeah, I'm really enjoying 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to be the winner. Just because 16 is going to be your level of the wine will have to age longer. Yeah. 16 as a drinking window. I'm also really sure. enjoying this bread. <laughs> so <laughs> Len makes it. Oh, I, I was like, I bet it's homemade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very good. She's doing it in whole wheat now. I think she's in a whole wheat kick. So it's a little healthier for you, too. <laughs> but yeah. Good looking out. <laughs> Let me go get the next wine for you, ladies. Yeah, I really enjoyed the 15. The colors are just like everything about it is beautiful. Yeah. I turned up the gain a little bit and now I feel like maybe it's too much, but whatever. It's chilly. Bear with us, people. We are learning. We're figuring it out. It is. Why am I doing weird voices today? I'm very tired. I had a rough morning. Everything that, like, everything was going wrong. I'm sorry. It's cool. What time did you start working? 1030. <laughs> okay. Rough afternoon is what you're saying. <laughs> That's what like Christy's like. She's like, I hate you so much whenever I complain about going to work at 930. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't be like, my day was so rough because I get to end it wine tasting. True. Yeah. I was like leaving work and I'm all, bye guys. I have an appointment to get to. <laughs> yeah. So where do you work? I work at Mind Body. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you? Um, I work at a hair salon in Cambria. Oh, cool. So I did actually move a client to come here. <laughs> and she's going to come in tomorrow. And she's like the nicest lady in the world. She, every Christmas, I get the best popcorn from her, which I really look forward to. Um, <laughs> this year, I got a really big tin, and it was delicious. Listen, all you other clients, don't give her tips. Just no, no, her money's popcorn. good. But this popcorn's a close second. Um, and I... My, I had my mom call her to move the appointment, so tomorrow I'm gonna have to fess up as to why. I don't think she'll mind though. Yeah, you can just tell her about it. She's nice enough. <laughs> tell her you'll give her a sip, not a bottle, a sip. <laughs> I don't think she, no, she drinks, but her husband doesn't, so she doesn't drink much. So, this is the homage à nos pères. So, that is a member's wine. It's uh, composed primarily of Syrah, and then it gets co fermented with the 2% Grenache and the 1% Viognier. So co-fermenting, you're probably familiar with that word, right? It means that the grapes are in contact with each other since the beginning. And actually, Guillaume planted the vineyard from who he sourced. And when he planted that vineyard, he had uh, this wine in the back of his head. So he planted the Syrah, the Grenache, and the Viognier near each other. So when he picked, he picked, put them in the same bin. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of co-fermenting is to increase the mid-palate of your wine. And then Viognier, so Syrah and Viognier, great combo. And the Viognier helps to increase the lovely floral characteristic on the nose, softens a lot the aggressivity of the Syrah, 
uh, in my opinion, Tu Viognier really brings more the savory aspect of Syrah too. Uh, and then white really helps with the color structure. So white helps to deepen the color of the red wine in general and keeps it deep through its all, uh, longevity. So I didn't, like 1% can make that much of a difference. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know when we do blending, uh, it just matters about 1%. Like it's just this 1% that you add, that you take off, that you add, that you're really struggling with because it does change everything. It's like adding a little bit of salt on your steak, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I was thinking about cooking, like, you mm -hmm. know, how you like just sprinkle a little bit. You're mm -hmm. like, oh man, mm -hmm. I gotta balance it now. I do love salt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Mm. It's funny how your palate changes. And I don't know if, like, people kept asking me after I had the baby, like, Oh, has your taste oh. changed? And I was like, no, I don't think so. But I think it has because I used to drink a lot more um, whiskey and scotch. Mm. And I kind of like have started to veer away from that. And then like Syrah would always be my go-to. And I just love Pinot right now. Mm. I still love Syrah. I've been into Petite Syrah lately. And like... It's like the other end of the spectrum. I know. <laughs> I didn't say we were the same. <laughs> um, and I always love a cab. It's so easy. It's predictable. I think cab is like maybe my least favorite. Supposedly that means you're more sophisticated in your palate. <laughs> no, don't say that to a Bordeaux person. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate a cab. I don't know. It's just not my go-to. I feel like my go-to is probably a GSM. They're always easy drinking and yeah. delicious. And there's so many of them here to from choose someone from. who didn't like Grenache. Okay, that is Santa Barbara Winery's fault. They made it the first time that I remember having a Grenache. Mm -hmm. I was in Santa Barbara, and the funk zone down mm -hmm, there was, mm -hmm. like, just getting popular. Mm -hmm. And I work with a girl who's married to one of the Lafons, so we had their wine and loved it, and they own Santa Barbara Winery. So we were like, oh, let's go check that out. It was horrible. Like, it's the only wine I've ever spit out of my mouth. Like, it was, so then I was like, oh, I don't like Grenache. Like, I don't want to drink that ever again. That was so bad. And it took years before I was like, oh, I actually love Grenache. I just didn't like that Grenache. It was really exceptionally awful. And I told him. I told him. At the, we went to the Lafon, like, one of their winemaker dinners. And I was like, by the way, you guys. Work on the Grenache. Real bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, it depends. Palette does change, you know. I think also when you get starting in the wine drinking, you're looking for the bigger, the bolder, and then feel like your palate gets a little older. You will want wine that a little softer, more mushroomy, mm -hmm. barnyard. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it changes. It does. I think it changes with the day, too. Yeah, for sure. Depending well, on what you're cooking mm -hmm. and the mood, the weather. Yeah, I drink way, way more red wine this time of year. Oh. And then in the summertime, I'm like, give me some white wine and rosé because it's a million degrees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you live in Paso? I live in Atascadero. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm from the coast, from Cambria, so I am not used to hot weather. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It's definitely been an adjustment. And thank goodness for AC. Yeah. It's a lifesaver. What does the weather get like here? Do you guys stay a little bit cooler in the summer? Mm, yeah, we do cool separation of Paso, especially right here. We have this breeze that you're probably feeling. So there is a 10 degree difference. Yeah. It's still hot. I mean, you know, right. it's three digit, it's three digit <laughs> everywhere. There's nothing you can do, but we do see the huge difference. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow me, I can give you a tour.
Welcome back. You guys, that was delicious. And it is Closelen. For those of you that weren't listening when we discussed yeah. it in the beginning. But man, I wish I was French to say it like they do. Yeah, beautiful wines, um, a beautiful experience, and a beautiful property. Yeah, I really, like, it was a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. Like, the pouring attendant, she was also, like, the tasting room manager. Mm -hmm. um, super nice, and sat and chatted with us, like, the entire time we were there. Yeah, told us all about the wine, um, you know, got really, even I would say technical about it with us. Oh, yeah. Which was great. Um, if you're into that, but I, I'm sure she caters to, you know, what you're looking for as far yeah. as like if you're just out to drink some, some wine and have a good time. Expensive. Yeah. For sure. Like $42 for a rosé is high. $30 for a tasting fee is high. It is. I think it's worth it. I do too. I would pay $30 to come back here. Like yeah. the wine was really good. I, it's cold right now. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of freezing at the end, yeah. but I... I think in summertime or even in spring when it's warm but not like scalding hot, this would be a beautiful place to come. Mm -hmm. But like, you wouldn't want to bring a picnic. You no, definitely wouldn't want to bring kids. They don't allow outside food, actually. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't. So don't expect to bring a picnic. Um, and you wouldn't want to bring kids. And they really, you know, it's going to be smaller groups. Like she yeah. said, six max on a on a weekend day, which I thought was more than I was expecting. Oh, for sure. I thought she was going to say four. Yeah. They're definitely not set up for big groups. No. And I feel like the intimacy of the experience is kind of what makes it great. Yeah. Yeah. And Make wine. wine great again. Make wine great. Mawa. <laughs> Sounds like you're asking for more water in oh. Spanish. Mawa. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really good. I totally recommend it to people who are into wine. Yeah, me too. Um, and especially, like, I think a good, uh, like, measurement is if you like La Ventura yeah. and you're comfortable with that price point, yes. Close to Line is cheaper than La Ventura. Yes. <laughs> and I would say just as good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I, is funny since he used to work right, for Stefan. Yeah, so I just really liked that I'm pretty sure we were the only people there that did not speak French. Like right. every conversation I heard a little clip of from other groups. I was like, wow, they, why does everyone sound so pretty here? <laughs> yes. A lot of French, the, all the French flocked together evidently. Yeah. But I want to be in that club. Overall, great experience. We hope that you enjoyed hearing about the wines and that maybe you will visit Closelin uh, the next time you're looking for a little bit more of an intimate experience and have the forethought to book an appointment. Yes. Yes, definitely. Well, other than that, we're going to go ahead and leave you. Um, and we'll leave you with the plug, as always, to check out our Instagram, Facebook, website, and app. Yeah, and also let us know if this sounds better because this microphone is way snazzier than the last one. It is, yeah. It doesn't plug into my phone anymore. It's actually a standalone microphone, and we can even listen to the playback through it. Shut up. That's cool. Right. So we hope that we will always be continuously improving. We are also not in a noisy Jeep this time. True. Not even driving. We're not. We're just we're, sitting. We're just parked, sitting in the like parking lot. Like adults. Like a creeper. <laughs> we definitely went different directions there <laughs> well we're gonna get back to our family so we hope you guys have a great night and we hope that you inspire we no we hope that we inspired you yes. to go somewhere new you did inspire us to right. go somewhere new though because we've definitely been branching out we have been it's been great 
we're spending a lot more money than we anticipated, but it's good. It's fine. All right. Don't tell my husband. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Have a good one.